Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossett, managing editor of Fightful.com here. Fightful.com podcast. It is October 2nd. We got Monday Night Raw to talk about Brock Lesnar versus Sheamus's weekend match. We have we're gonna talk a little bit about the Bullet Club. Uh, of course, we want to extend our condolences and our thoughts to those in Las Vegas, everybody who dealt with that tragedy. That's horrible, definitely not the type of thing uh, you want to go to bed to, which is what a lot of us did go to bed to, a uh, senseless act. And definitely uh, what the WWE did before their show, I thought, was a, was a great gesture. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But I am rejoined now by Alex Palowski, who is off of a... Five day, I wouldn't call it a vacation, Alex. Nope. No, you know it's uh, family stuff dealing with uh, with my wife, and um, we brought our eight month old along. Um, a, a drive from Wisconsin to Tennessee is a long ways. You're lying. You're Batman. You're Batman. You were doing Batman stuff. I was doing Batman stuff. You you found me out. You found me out. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had food poisoning last night. Tonight, like 80% back, but let's get on well, to some raw. To, to keep up with the theme of your hidden identity, in regards to the, the main event promo, WWE, why do you want to kill me? Why do you want to kill me? Uh, oh, boy. I can't wait to talk about that one. There's, there's plenty of good, there's plenty of bad, there's plenty of in-between, and there's plenty of why was that even on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE opened the show, uh, everybody on the ramp, including Shane McMahon, who I had no idea would be at this episode of Raw. I figured he would be off spending $500,000 on a horrible investment somewhere. Did you read that today? I uh, heard about it. Didn't have a chance to read the article, but uh, he invested five hundred thousand a couple of years ago in a legal marijuana company that pretty much barely existed, and he had to sue to get yep. his money back. Yikes! Yikes! Uh, but I thought that was a good gesture. Obviously, you're coming home today as as we hear about all of this stuff. Uh, any thoughts on how WWE handled this? Uh, classy. I mean, they, Vegas is a home for them. They do a lot of stuff there. So it's, it's nice that they can pay the respects, uh, in that way. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, what you say about this kind of thing, but so them just doing, um, you know, the moment of silence with everyone out on the ramp, uh, is a, you know, a really nice gesture. I would agree as well. Um, Guys, I want to get the plugs out of the way. This Friday, we have Bellator 184 coverage and discussion. Saturday night, UFC 216 live coverage, discussion, and a post-show podcast. Two title matches on that show. And, of course, on Sunday, it's WWE Hell in a Cell. We'll have coverage of that all day, the kickoff stream. Come talk to us on the forums, on the uh, live discussion page. 
really anything you want. And of course, our live post-show podcast. I want to encourage you guys to use those forums. We'll be starting a new contest on Wednesday on the List and Your Boy podcast. We will announce it 3 p.m. Eastern Wednesday for that. It's our show where the founder of Fightful.com, Jimmy Van, and I discuss all things pro wrestling as well as uh, a couple of other colorful topics from outside of wrestling. I want to thank all of you who do visit Fightful.com. We got pro wrestling, boxing, MMA, photos, videos, podcasts, forums, breaking news, live news. Uh, we broke the news of WWE spending upwards of $250,000 on Bray Wyatt. For uh, legal fees, we broke the news of Ronda Rousey coming to pro wrestling, doing some pro wrestling training with WWE's Brian Kendrick, and tons more stories. So head over to Fightful.com. We've broken uh, quite a bit of news lately, so definitely go check out Fightful.com if you're only a fan of the podcast. Make Fightful.com your pro wrestling, MMA, boxing news destination. We opened up the show, which I thought was a very good idea. Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, right out of the gate. Now, they, they kind of had to do this. They couldn't run it as the main event segment, as we would find out for formatting reasons. But going straight into this, I thought gave it almost a bigger feel, Alex. Yeah, it's one of those deals where, um, you know, wait a minute, did that happen? Like, it was three hours ago, and they seem to be starting some kind of story with it that they forgot about two and a half hours later. Uh, well, all I was watching this was going, damn, both Seth and Dean, two weeks back to back, I want Braun versus those guys in singles pro, uh, in singles programs. Um, they both made him look like a million bucks, and he, in turn, sold some of their offense great. Uh, there was a couple of great – the finish was great uh, with – Seth going for his rain trigger and him turning it into a rainmaker clothesline, which was great. Really uh, good. The, the beatdown afterwards. Um, one of one of the guys uh, follows me on Twitter said that um, they should start up this thing where it's just Braun challenges Seth and Dean to a match, a handicap match for the tag titles and wins, and then it's just Braun turning the tag division into the handicap division. Until two guys powerful enough can take him down, I think I love I love Braun so much. And there's that's something that you can do with him that isn't giving him a shot at the universal title and actually putting him over, which you should be doing. At least give him something to do that's meaningful outside of that. This whole this whole segment was awesome. Loved it. Was really looking forward to them using it in the future. And I don't. I doesn't appear that they're going to. I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're going to do at this point. Um, they're they're really they're switching up a lot of the plans that they had because some things have changed. But uh, I think Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose seem like they were made for a guy like Strowman. I'm not of the belief that of a lot of people that nobody should get offense on Braun Strowman. I think styles make fights, and the thing is, Braun Strowman is now consistently facing the top of the top. Kurt right. Hawkins wasn't getting offense on him. No, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose are, and that's fine. I thought that Strowman kicking out at one after the blockbuster was sold even better uh, by Rollins' expression. That was really good. And that sweet counter into the Rainmaker, then the power slam. I got to admit, when I was younger and I saw British Bulldog do the running power slam, I was like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Sure, that's fine. When Braun does it, like there's nothing particularly special about it. I just buy it because mm -hmm. he's so big and he's so powerful and we've seen him tear some stuff up. Ambrose saves Rollins from a beatdown and gets some offense, but falls victim to that sweet double choke slam that Braun's been doing. Mm -hmm. He'll lift them back up in one motion and slam them back down. Uh, also, he's victim to a shaky cam. We will talk more about uh, that later. Oh, so bad. You've been in a car for 10 <laughs> hours, and you get to come hold of that. <laughs> Phenomenal. I have motion sickness before. I do now. It's like when you go to the fair and somebody's like, you want to ride rides? No, all these rides just go around in circles. These aren't roller coasters. It's a WWE camera ride. That's all it is. Backstage, Mickey James is walking and encounters Emma and Alicia Fox, who kind of giggle at her. Mickey James finds her locker room, which she apparently has because of seniority, and sees diapers and a walker. 
Now that's I don't really care about any of that. It, it was a good setup and everything. Sure, fine. I'm good with that. Why is Nia Jax in Emma's locker room? Or not Emma's, uh, Alexa Bliss's. Okay. See, this is the problem, is, is that you have a however many minute backstage segment, and all it would take would be one line of dialogue to fix this whole deal. But instead, I had to see on my timeline no fewer than 75 tweets about, Why are Nia and Alexa friends again? Here, wait, here's that clip of Nia turning on Alexa to prove that they're not friends anymore. Like, okay, listen. There's no continuity in WWE, and we have to accept it. this is the hill you're going to die on. We, we don't have to accept it. No, we no. don't have to accept well, it at listen, all. I, they, they teased. They teased for a fucking month, Alex. This turn, right? This, this yeah, this happening. A month of their yeah. television right. time was used to build mm-hmm. this up that they were not friends, that they right. weren't going to be friends anymore, and yeah. then. Because this other girl was the only one to not lose the match. That's why they're friends again? I don't get yeah. it. Uh, it's be, be, well, all it would take would be one line of Alexa saying, you know, I needed a bodyguard. And Alexa says she pays good. And that's it. Like, oh, that, that's a, that's because Alexa didn't listened. say that. I, I know, absolutely. But to me, to me, I was watching and going, God, it would have been nice if they had said this. And to me, it was implied. Like, there's so many other terrible instances of a lack of continuity. This is not the hill I'm going to die on, objecting to their lack of continuity. It's bad. I don't, I don't think it's a hill to die on. It's not. It's They fucked up. They screwed up. That's sure. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's it not didn't... wrong for people right. to be like, no. why are they friends? Why are they friends? They well, had a match a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. But none of that, none of that matters to you. No, 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 no. It, it matters to me. I'm saying to them, they don't. Okay, think it, it should matter. That's why we're here talking it about sh- it. It should matter. You're, you're right. It, it, it should matter. It didn't bother me nearly as much as other things in, in for the rest of the uh, episode. Uh, but I was like, yeah, this is this kind of sucks. But I like Naya and Alexa together. I think it's a fun pairing. I'm glad that they're back together because it could it could lead to some fun stuff. I agree there should have been one line of dialogue because that's all it would have taken to explain why they're Just back together. Give it a reason. Just a reason. Yep. yep. Bray Wyatt rambles backstage. We'll get to that later. WWE acknowledged the Braun Cruiserweight beatdown of Enzo, who was speechless backstage as he's interviewed. I think that having Enzo speechless in a situation like that Holds a lot of gravity, but he wasn't speechless later. So, yeah, that was the weirdest. Um, because it, it, it's not like this is the, the the first time we've been able to see him since that beatdown. Because the next night on two hundred five live, which nobody watches but is in canon, like it happened, um, he comes out and he runs his mouth, and then at the end of the night, he beats Neville half to death with a crutch. Mm-hmm. The talking trash the whole time. So to have him like, so Enzo, what's your reaction to to seeing this footage and him stare off into the distance, trying trying to manufacture a tear? Um, that kind of belies all the things that he did the day after this beatdown, and it also belies all the things he would do at the end of the night. So it's it's completely out of character and didn't work. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So, after this, uh, Roman Reigns backstage says he's not surprised about the Cesaro and Sheamus attack. Actually, I haven't gotten there yet. So, uh, Elias comes out. I may buy WWE 2K18 just to see what a full Elias entrance and song is like. Because bravo to the creative genius who said, you know what? Let's have Titus interrupt a song. Right, but it wasn't just any song; it was "Nutshell" by Alice in Chains. Do you think that Vince has any damn clue nope. what that is? No, he thinks that "Great Balls of Fire" is a timely song to name a pay per view after. I think he might have skipped the grunge period in the '90s. Uh, "Nutshell," one of my top favorite songs of the '90s. Loved it. Uh, 
wore out that CD when it came out. It was a huge Alice in Chains fan. So he started playing those chords, and I was like, holy crap, I love Elias because he's playing, he's playing a straight-up cover of Nutshell with new, with new, um, with new lyrics. Um, when the fact that they, they announce, I think he announced in the song or the promo before the song, I'm going to wrestle Titus. You just know you're going to hear that damn whistle come out. It's like it's the yeah. thing. Like, I prefer it when I don't know who he's going to face, and then the, then the music comes like, oh, this will be Elias's opponent. Um, it's as though he was going to play a set of covers from the '90s, and this guy decided this is too much. I'm going to run in there and stop him. Uh, but announcing ahead of time, I'm I'm anticipating a match now with Titus. Here, let me play you a few bars first. It just doesn't work as it's not as powerful. People ask me on Twitter if I'm buying the new 2K game. Usually I do, but I've never the last two or three years I've never played it more than like a week. So whoever reviews it for Fightful, that's that's where you're gonna get the information regards to that from. Titus interrupts. Quick hard hitting match. Elias powders out and pushes Apollo. Runs inside and gets his finish. And it didn't look like he had the easiest of times getting Titus through on that. And, I mean, Titus has been phased out of entering work for a reason, and that's kind of why. Elias wins. Sure. Mickey James defeated Nia Jax via DQ. I told you all the flappy pants weren't going anywhere. Right. They're, they're back. Alexa Bliss gets a big reaction when she comes out. Alex uh, Nia Jax. She was a treasure, at least verbally in this match. Mm-hmm. Asked if Mickey James needed her life alert. Yep, that was good yeah. stuff. That was good yes. stuff. I, I, it was like she she opened a book of the dozens and turned to Yo Mama So Old and just mm-hmm. used all of those jokes. Um, have we mentioned on this podcast that Samoa Joe is the same age as as? Mickey James, and we're not doing. Man, Samoa Joe sure is old, isn't he? That's not that's not a storyline. I mean, is it? It's it's base. Is this not Piggy James? But except she's old now instead of fat. Yeah, she's a pig. It's about to get slaughtered now. Well, that's the, the like that was the thing about the backstage segment. I didn't I didn't like particularly was Emma and Alicia Fox behaving like third tier characters in Mean Girls. Like giggling in the halls of the school. It's the way they always treat their women when they write for them. It's really bad. It's really it's terrible. Like there's so much stuff you could do. Personally, like I mean, play up the idea that like, yeah, I'm older than you, who just got out of college last week, but that also means I've been the women's champ six times and I'm gonna make it a seventh, as opposed to just like, oh, depends in my locker room. I'm angry about that. So no, I, but I much rather hit watch my trains while you all were wrestling a main event. <laughs> I, I'd much I'd much rather watch uh, Nia Jax uh, insult her in the ring than them being insulted backstage. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say that the train probably didn't hurt nearly as much as like an equally hilarious and awesome double leg takedown that Nia Jax did to her. Yeah, it was God and. <laughs> I've watched a lot of amateur wrestling in my day, and that one's up there. Like she got planted. There's no way that was a spot that was called before the match. That was all on the fly. Go back and watch that, you guys. Like just, whoo! That was a sick one. Sick one. Also, ugly tornado DDT that almost gets Mickey the win, mm-hmm. but. Alexa interferes. I thought that's a pretty fair way to not pin Nia. Sure. No, that was fine. Uh, it was interesting. Like this is this is kind of how they should have been booking Bailey during Bailey's feud with Alexa. You know what I mean? Like saying that she's tough. old. No, but you know what they should have done? They should have done the old line. What's it going to be like in a few years when you don't look like the older sister and you look like the aunt? <laughs> Remember that narrative? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Will she be over when she looks like an ant? Uh, um, yeah, uh, but my my point being that um, she she has you know the the big bad monster down for the count and is going to get the win, and then Alexa Bliss 
saves her, and she fights off Alexa, and she walks out tall. Like, that's how you book a baby face, not getting hit with a kendo stick 85 times. So, you know, this is – I'm interested in seeing what Mickey James has to offer in this one-on-one program that none of the girls in the, in the last pay-per-view cycle got. They all had to be a part of a fatal five-way. Now Mickey James gets to be in there one-on-one, and we get to see what she's got to offer. Yeah, yeah, that match gets made, and oh boy, this corny segment with with Mickey and Kurt Angle. Why? You know, because it's supposed to endear Mickey to us. She's Mickey James. Come on, no, it's bad. I mean, um, she's she's not over. I mean, she's barely over right now, but. Yeah. That's yeah. what they do. They take people off TV forever. Then they bring them back and put them in the title picture, as right. we'll see later. Maybe not the best way to keep somebody over, but they nope. do that a lot. If they don't want to beat somebody, they just don't put them on TV. Right. Weird, weird thinking, in my opinion. At least for their their model. The Good Brothers defeated Matt Hardy and Jason Jordan. We see a backstage segment that leads to this match. Jason Jordan left SmackDown to come over to Raw and be in a tag team. Yep. And I, you know, I kind of hope that this continues with him and Hardy. That way he can eventually turn on Hardy and maybe get a singles program out of that because Matt's got to do something. Yeah, Matt just be, being the guy who comes out and does a few delete gestures and they don't really catch on because nobody really – thinks they're actually going to pull the trigger with that. And so they're kind of sad. <laughs> I mean, that that's how it reads right now is that, oh, yeah, there was that thing I was really excited about them doing six months ago that they're not going to do. It just it feels n- nostalgic in a weird way uh, for something that happened last year. Um, but uh, Jason Jordan, the big news here is no singlet, which means he can't pull down the straps and go nuts before his – running, diving, shoulder tackle into the corner thing. He, he can't pull down That's the straps. That's a good one, too. That shoulder tackle is good. It's great. But I always thought that he couldn't do it without pulling the straps down first. That's why in that in that one uh, match back in NXT, he pulled the straps down, then got stopped from being able to do it. Then later, he pulled the straps back up so that he could pull them down again so he could do the that move. That was great. I thought, I thought he had <laughs> to pull the straps down. Before he could do the move, what's like cocking the fist before doing the yeah. Superman punch? One of these days, Roman's going to leave the safety on, and somebody's going to no sell the move. It's just I know it. He forgot uh, to cock the fist. <laughs> yes, the ref ignores the turnbuckle pad that's just chilling on the apron that had no bearing on the match at all. So, uh, Jordan is such an impressive physical wrestler, though. Uh, Booker. Makes a nice comment, I think, from a kayfabe perspective about how Jason Jordan likes to get his big suplexes in. Like, he'll do those almost at the cost of losing the match. And I think that's a good way of calling him a spot monkey without doing it. Mm-hmm. There's there's that. And then, you know, for as long as Jason Jordan played the hot tag guy, I thought he did baby face in peril very, very well tonight. Mm-hmm. Matt Hardy gets the hot tag. Not usually what he does. Sometimes he does it, but it's usually Jeff. And he does that well. Who I didn't think was necessarily well was Luke Gallows. Like, I love Gallows and Anderson. I really do. But Gallows is not looking the best physically or in the ring. I could, like, see him looking around for where Matt Hardy was for spots and stuff. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't the best for him, but they got the magic killer and got it done. You know, they're directionless, so I don't have any real hope for that. But Gallows and Anderson could have been something. They are one of those acts that needs a hard reset on their motivation as characters, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff you can do. If you're really going to, if you're serious about putting the, the shield back together, you, you gotta give us one Finn and the good brothers versus the shield match. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of stuff you can do there. If you wanted to actually create a, you know, de facto trios division, uh, where the, where the shield takes on three guys, you know, that are, of comparable stature to them. That could be a really cool thing to do with them. Um, but at least, you know, the, the you know, Gals and Anderson uh, got to flash the two-sweet thing way more than they normally do. 
So let's <laughs> let's talk about that. Obviously, they're they're good with yeah the young bucks and all them. So when I was I, I asked about the situation last week, Bullet Club showing up, Marty Skrull, Cody, Hangman Page, Young Bucks. Well, first off, I haven't been able to get a solid like outside of that circle confirmation on the cease and desist anyway. But um, I was told that Vince didn't sell it at all backstage. It was just kind of like, that's cute type of thing. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he sold it to his attorneys, though. So And then at an NXT event last week, they had all their guys doing like a click tribute. Mm -hmm. And throwing up two sweets on the stage. And I'm like, eh? Now, here's the thing about Young Bucks. They're going to, I mean, they already have found a way to make more money off of this than ever before. I shouldn't have to explain to people who say that the Young Bucks are a ripoff, the Young Bucks gimmick. Because their gimmick is that they were called ripoffs, so they were like, okay, we're going to be ripoffs. And they made way too much money off of it. Like, they're swimming in their Scrooge McDuck pools. Literally, they're Scrooge McDuck pools because they probably took that too. Yep. And they're going to do like a, a... a three suite or a cease and desist driver or something like which cease and desist is a pretty badass name for a finisher. Oh, honestly. Great. No, that's that, a pretty, that, that, that should be like part of their super kick party is one yeah. of them. One of them is called cease. And the other one is desist cease and desist. That's phenomenal. That's phen- <laughs> and then they drop it into the socket. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. They're like, they're very smart. They're very they're very, they're they're gonna persevere. They're gonna make a lot of money. They're probably gonna make way more money off of this than they would have before. Which why initially I'm sitting there thinking, this is an angle that they ran. Right. Because why wouldn't they right. if something like this could happen? It makes them more anti establishment. But my favorite part of the whole situation was everybody last week saying this is a clear ripoff of the DX deal. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, I can't wait until they watch the the episode of Being the Elite. That was that was fun stuff. That was very good stuff. They've like the way that they've grown that is particularly um, impressive because I, I watched the first ones. I've, I've watched them all the way through. Like you ha- almost have to because they're. They relate to Ring of Honor storylines now. They're yeah. integrated into the show, so you almost have to watch them. And they they really adapted, and they brought in Marty Skrull and Cody Rhodes, who has this incredible dry sense of humor on them. Man, it's it's really good stuff. Not only that, they set up feuds and angles and everything with yeah. these. So uh, I highly recommend that. We always post them on Fightful.com, where you can get all your pro wrestling in May and boxing news, podcasts, photos, Videos, forums, and more. Anyway. Later on, it's Intercontinental title match time. The Miz Taraj mocked the Shield entrance. I thought that was a good move. Uh, Reigns beats the tar out of Dallas and Axel to get them out of the equation. So to me, I'm thinking, Reigns' character beat up the Miz Taraj. We don't need to see the Shield face them. Let's just throw that out, and that might be what happened. Corey Graves did a really good job, I thought, Alex, of explaining that Miz probably got a lot of this offense because Reigns expended a lot of energy sure. committing attempted murder on Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Right. No, absolutely. Um, all, all of this is great. I uh, love seeing a guy being smart enough to be like, well, before the bell rings – I'm going to destroy the two guys who are definitely going to interfere in this match. Killed them. That's that's smart. Yes. Um, uh, and while while it may not be true, if you were to ask me to use to name adjectives that I would use to describe Roman Reigns, smart wouldn't make my top ten. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to have him be cerebral enough to do this kind of a thing. Um, where he has to get a concealed carry permit to do a signature move. That's not yes, smart. I know. It's, yes. Um, it's one of those things that I would see somebody like the Miz do and go, ah, see, that's the crafty Miz. Thinking yeah. ahead. One step ahead. So that's that's an interesting little tidbit um, that kind of fed into this this whole thing. 
Speaking of which, in the match, it was just like as soon as those you see those guys, your boys, if you're the Miz, getting destroyed up on the stage, why not just take your belt and skedaddle out through the crowd the back way? Because you don't really want this match anyway now. Yeah. You're going to lose and count out whatever. That shouldn't that won't doesn't title doesn't change hands. So the fact that he had he wrestled the match anyway, um, I really wish they had played into more like, you know what? Screw you, Roman. I'm going to beat you anyway. I wish they had done more of that as opposed to I'm scared of you, but not scared enough to actually leave the ringside area. Um, I thought they could have done a lot more of, of like Miz with delusions of grandeur. That could have been a lot of fun. Uh, but he held his own, as you said, because Corey Graves pointed out, yes, there was. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It would take a, a lot of energy to swing that chair so many times. There was something, I, I think it was on a... I think it was on the Road Warriors DVD that came out about 12 years ago that really stuck with me. And you know, Animal said some ridiculous things since. But one of the things that he said was that he always pushed hard for he and Hawk to be street smart. Mm-hmm. Like, you can pull one over on them, but it's got to mean something. And they stayed over and feared. And you could interchange one of them. If, if Ric Flair needed to wrestle Hawk... He could wrestle Hawk, and people bought it, and they thought, maybe this is the night Hawk's going to win the championship mm-hmm. type of thing. I think they do that with Braun Strowman. I think they keep him almost street smart. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get outsmarted, per se, in a way that makes him look stupid right. very much. If he does, it's because he's running at something that he's going to destroy, and it, he just goes through it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of a thing that always stuck with me. A Miz hits a nice short DDT, works over Reigns, hits a skull-crushing finale and tries to get a pin, but he's going to need at least like six or seven of those based on what we've seen lately. Yeah, no, that was that was cute, Miz, cute. You think you were <laughs> nice going to get a pinfall off of one skull-crushing finale. Uh, I think I think Reigns is still kicking out of AAs right now. Yes. Likely. Likely. So uh, Cesaro and Sheamus attack Reigns in the match. This crowd was hot for this match, too. They and were. then something. There yeah. was, you know, there was a real thought that with Brock Lesnar out for a little while, that Roman Reigns could be intercontinental champion, kind of lead the charge. No, absolutely. Um, uh, I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that now Miz is more over than he's been in ever. Like everyone, like he's he's a major attraction now, uh, and so we all know kind of what his matches are going to be like. But then you take away his goons on the outside, and holy crap, this changes a lot of stuff. Uh, as we see, it doesn't really. But for during the during the portion of the match that was actually being wrestled, there was a lot of stuff to to get excited about. A couple of cool near falls and. Um, Reigns reacting to to, to uh, Miz kicking out of the Superman punch was great, um, and I I really wish that 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 Miz would have more of those moments where he he, he shows that he's tougher than his opponents believe him to be. Uh, so that was good too, but um, then Sheamus and Cesaro for some reason they beat the bejesus out of Roman Reigns. Like, this is a good sustained ass whipping. Then they did the shield triple power bomb. I thought that was a great heel move. The the teases are there. We know what's coming. I thought that was a fantastic touch. Uh, and we they they put a bow on this at the end of the night, which we'll we'll address it there. Yeah. the The thing about this is when you were talking about continuity problems, this was the one that got me. Oh yeah. Like, what, what what do Sheamus and Cesaro care? Like yes. Nominally, Roman is friends with Dean and Seth. Well, Roman, Roman did he kind of dissed Cesaro and Sheamus earlier in the night. 
Did he? I, I, I mean, backstage, like, yeah. oh, backstage interview. Okay, fine. But they're certainly not buddies with The Miz. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there wasn't, to me, there wasn't. And how do you make friends, Alex? How do you make friends? Because where I come from, right. we mutually kick the shit out of people. Sure. That's true. It, it's a thing in Kentucky. Uh, I drove through there and saw not one, but two different maulings on the side of the road. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's haywire down there. Um, I, I, it, it seemed to me such an obviously see-through, oh, this is how we're going to get to the S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion, which, eh, like I could totally, like the, the problem was is that you, you set up a great possibility for a trio to go against the S.H.I.E.L.D. in Seamus and Cesaro and Braun Strowman, who, who both hate D- Seth and Dean, and Braun will always hate Roman. Yes. So, so I thought that that was going to be your trio, and they, they melded that together nicely over the first half of the, of the episode. And then to have Seamus and Cesaro show up and go like, we hit everybody, and we don't care who we team with as long as we take down people. I'm like, fine, but I don't think of them as being anarchists. Maybe I should start thinking of them that way. Um, but sure, uh, Miz, Seamus, and Cesaro could be a lot of fun as foils for the Shield. I wish Braun was involved in some way. And maybe maybe they'll figure out a way to, to, to do that next week. But uh, Yeah, we're three weeks away, and we have one match set. Which is, which, which is what I prefer, but it's so not odd Hell that TLC. it's freaking me out. Because WWE loves to plan their matches six weeks ahead of time for the pay-per-view. And see, for a long time, they used to announce everything the week before, and people were like, ah, why would you do that? Then when you see the booking – how it looks when you announce everything four, five, six weeks out, you, you realize, okay, booking things to where they decide matches a week or two before often works better because you have more meaningful activity yeah. going into that pay-per-view as opposed to a lot of placeholder BS. The, the sweet spot for me is to announce the matches two weeks out. Then the go-home is all the hype between those two guys or two women uh, or group of them, if there's a multi-person match, you can have all that hype for the go home, and then you go right into the thing. Um, I don't necessarily like it. Like you know, five days from now, you're gonna have a match. I don't love that, but I definitely don't love the in six weeks and hell in the cell, you're gonna have a match. So for the next five weeks, we're gonna talk about that. It's just you kind of you run out of things to do and say. So, where are we? I lost my spot on my notes. Okay. Ballard uh, comes out. He's wearing his traditional black gear. I was a fan of the gray. You get the big pop in Denver, but says a lot of stuff that doesn't matter. Bray Wyatt's in the Titan Tron. Says that Sister Abigail is dying to meet Balor. Then he uses some, you know, he's an AV guy. He uses a Snapchat filter, changes his face. I don't know where this is going. I don't give a damn about him and Balor, but it was the best thing I've seen him do in a while. And maybe that's because it teases somebody else being brought in. But who knows? They, they've done this before. Yeah. The, the, uh, the interesting thing was tonight uh, on her Twitter, uh, May Young Classic participant Sage Beckett tweeted out a photo of a woman on fire, which we know is what happened to Sister Abigail when Randy Orton burned down the shack that she was, her remains were in. Uh, and it, the, the superimposed over the burning woman was, they're all lies, something like that. Which, of course, like, she'll never lie to me, she'll never lie to me, she'll never lie to me, was a thing. So, so it's like, are, are you tipping your hand way early, Sage, that you're, that you're going to show up and be Sister Abigail? Uh, because if so, all right. But... And so hey, she probably ain't getting that job anymore, yeah, that, that, that role anymore. Yeah, uh, but um, I'm fine with their with with them finally giving a, a flesh and blood sister Abigail. But I also like the idea of Bray Wyatt actually has snapped. That's that's better to me than the guy who comes out and says, "I'm a I'm a god. Hey, you're just a man, man." 
I'd much rather have the guy who believes he is possessed by his dead sister. That guy's way more interesting to me than the dude who just comes out and says the same promo over and over and over again. Yeah. WWE ran an 18-minute segment for Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Alicia Fox and Emma. Uh, what my thing was, man, I feel like I'm complaining a lot tonight, but hey, they have some of the most consistently embarrassing camera work on TV. And during this Sasha Banks entrance, go back and watch how bad it was. It was miserable. It was terrible. I have a friend who, who covers, who does, does camera work for MMA. And does it for some other local regional sports. And when <laughs> it was a, it was a couple weeks ago, he sent me a Facebook message, and he's like, "Why are why do WWE hire such bad cameramen?" I was like, "It's the production." And he was like, "The shaking and the zooming and all that." And I said, "Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. Uh, this match doesn't have any really heat at all. But, but why would it? It means nothing. It like, means nothing and, until the very end." where it will lead to a match next week that will then mean nothing after that. Right. Some of the positives of the match, I loved Alicia's sell of Bailey's rope stunner. That was really good. She's dedicated to that character. She plays it well. I'm reminded of how well she plays it every time she's in there. Also, Booker T's reaction to the snatch ball line from Corey. Like, there was a thread on Reddit recently about how, like, no shits are given by Booker T. Yes. Like, he'll get stuff absolutely wrong, and Corey Graves will correct him, and he'll just be like, oh. (laughs) He's great. He's great. He does no preparation, and he's still better than Tom Phillips. Yeah. Unbelievable. Emma leaves Alicia Fox hanging. Fox takes a bad-looking Bailey to belly, and that was on Alicia Fox, too. 18-minute segment, 13-minute tag match. Bailey and Sasha get the win. Emma leaves Alicia, so I'm assuming we get one week of Emma versus Alicia. Emma beats her, and that's that. Yeah. Uh, Does this mean that Alicia was a heel this week but be babyface next week? Like, they're doing that a lot now with gold dust and whatnot. Um, Who was it on the show? The big show memorial heel face turn um love alicia missed her especially as an in-ring worker and not just you know somebody's girlfriend on 205 live but um my favorite part of this whole match by far was her you know throwing sauce around by the hair and the ref's like hey hey watch the hair and she she just turns to him i don't listen to rules that was fantastic. I love her. Why is she? They, they always say don't bury the ref in the first match, but hey, if it's the last match, bury the hell out of him. Well, <laughs> it's fine. Like the fact, the fact that, like, if you tell me that any other competitor said that, I'd be like, that's weird. But the fact that it was Alicia Fox, I go, yep, that's just Foxy. That's yeah, all. Got a Foxy. new addition to her song, yeah, 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 man. Uh, probably my favorite thing about this match were Alicia Fox and Sasha swinging like they were Bart and Lisa Simpson. Just. Yep. Just. Yeah. 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 Yep. Main event segment was good. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So for the second week in a row, Enzo Amore made Cruiserweight promo a main event segment, which is pretty awesome. I still think he needs a leopard print title strap. I think that would fit him. But he cuts a great, great promo. The entire division comes out and surrounds him. And then he cuts great promos on each one of them individually. Mm -hmm. Like just ethers all of them, except for Tozawa. Right. (laughs) You didn't get around to him because he started too early in the clockwise. And you've got to end with Neville because that's the most recent guy that you beat. You can't be like... And you, Neville, this really important character. I'm going to talk to you, Tazawa, something. Like, it just wouldn't have worked. So he started the wrong way. Um, There were some good things and some bad things, but I think it was working off the cuff. So, um, you know, good for him for that. Uh, It was months and months worth of promo material already written. Yeah. Uh, He did basically the same promo without the, you know, roast of the division uh, on 205 Live. 
So if you're looking for a preview of what will happen next Monday, watch 205 Live tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, and they'll probably, they'll probably do the same thing, working up the working out the uh, kinks of the delivery. Um, what were some of your favorite this, insults that he, he unleashed? The, uh, the Mustafa Ali one was very good. Say. Yeah, Mufasa. Uh, he's got a funny-sounding na- name because he's not from here. You like, hate I, fun. I, you hate it. I hated that one. Uh, I thought I thought it was really funny that he was obsessed with how young uh, T.J. Perkins looked. I I don't know what the my favorite one was. He just looked. He just looked at Brian Kendrick. And says, "You look like a hobo." And I wanted to just end it there and move on to the next guy because that was just ridiculous. <laughs> he um, dropped. He took a shot at Corey Graves, who he's been. Well, I mean, uh, Corey Graves uh, takes a lot of shots at Enzo, so I think it's yeah. fair game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he Sam Adonis, who was Corey Graves' brother, took a shot today too, but it was just a little bit of self promotion, I think. Yeah. No, the it it's fine. Like listen, we all know in Kayfabe that Corey Graves hates Enzo and has forever. Mm-hmm. So the funny thing, like oh, my my son my son stole second base and celebrated by dancing like Enzo, I failed as a father. That's cute. But when you're like, you know you failed as a wrestler, and that's why they put you in a suit and sat you down, because like no, seriously, this guy had a series of concussions and in and he had to retire. And it's a really tragic story because he, you know, that was his livelihood and they gave him this other thing. You, He's you, like, a heel. But like the fact that it's like whatever. Enzo goes below the belt with a lot of his stuff. Tonight didn't, but he he does and has in the past. Um never um not going to be happy when he gets beaten down. So Kurt Angle comes out. Before all this, Enzo said that last week all these guys lost their title opportunities because they 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 touched him. Also, it's a shame Braun can't get a title shot either now. But they'll lose their jobs if they touch him tonight. Kurt Angle shows up and he says, that does apply to all these guys, but not to this guy who I just signed. <gasps> That's the sound of Kalisto's theme music because that's how it went over. <laughs> it's the sound. Oh. His his entrance begins with the sound of disappointment. Flaccid. Just flaccid. It begins with the sound of disappointment. How? Why would you saddle anyone with that as entrance music? It's terrible. It's like, like when you first hear it, you think it's TJP, and then you're like, oh, it's this guy. And he doesn't even, like, sarcastically dab. I what mean, are we doing here? I, I, what was this? That, that, he, Kalisto was one of the first victims of the new trend of terrible entrance music. Because mm-hmm. that happened months ago, and we just kind of forgot about it. But he's never if on he had TV. Said, here, here's the, well, but, he, but he's been wrestling with that whenever he is on TV with that, with that damn theme music. Once a month, though. May, once a month. But um, if Kurt Angle had done the thing where he was like, here's this guy to sign, and it started out with Lucha, 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 at least it'd be upbeat. It'd be upbeat. You knew exactly who he was talking about, and you'd be like, oh. Maybe. Hey, you this could guy. think of a Sin Cara. That's true. Uh, that's and, true. and even if it's Sin Cara, you don't know which one it is. No, it could, it could be, be any a of number them. of Sin Cara. A number of them. Uh, Kalisto hasn't won on Raw in four months. Why would he? He's not facing anybody his own size. At least now well, he's, he's... He's not losing on Raw a ton. He lost to Elias in and, and a battle royal. He, he loses uh, to Elias all the time, though. Hey, remember that thing where he was in a dumpster match with Braun Strowman for no reason? Remember they did that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I'm, Do you I'm remember fine. when he was in a dumpster fire at the end of Raw tonight? Because that's what this was. You could have debuted any number of guys. This needed a debut. They had kind of the right idea, but they could have dragged Dean Malenko out from the agents area and it would have went over better. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there was there there weren't a lot of options. The only one I could think of was that Hideo Itami isn't really doing much in NXT, and that might be fun, but I don't know if that would get a pop. It would have been know. probably his best chance at getting over. Yeah, um, but I, uh, I'm fine with this. I, the problem here is that 
you've set this thing up where the only guy who gets to even touch Enzo is Kalisto, let alone have a match with him. And they'll probably do this thing where he loses a TLC, extending this again so that Enzo can just be on 205 Live but never have to wrestle anybody. Yeah. Um, until, what, December? So it's just, it, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it, what should happen is Kalisto should come out and have a match against Enzo tomorrow and win the title, and then Neville should beat him at TLC. And it gets it back on the right person who should have had it, who never should have had it taken off him to begin with. Because he's still the best guy, even if he's just standing on the apron looking through Enzo's face. Because that I was have great. a nice uh, Neville article that I assigned that Carlos Toro is working on now. That will be up on Fightful.com this week, by the way. Uh, he predicted his King of the Cruiserweight spot. There are no less than maybe like eight, nine, ten guys in NXT that I would have rather seen <laughs> in this spot. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will be like, nobody knows them. Well, that's the point. That's how you introduce them on right. Raw in a main event segment like this. Make them seem like a big deal, like that the whole NXT or the whole 205 division knew that they were a big enough deal to bring them in to beat Enzo Amore so they can all get their opportunities back. Right. Like, I just look up and down, and I'm like, man, there are so many, so many, so many. And they went with Kalisto. Yeah. Um, Boy. Yeah, they could easily have – I mean, the thing is, is that even if you don't know who Hideo Itami is, you can play it up that the rest of the roster on 205 Live knows who he is and is really impressed by him. And then he goes in there and hits one GTS on Enzo, and the, and the audience will be like, who's this dude? You know what I mean? Like, you could do that. You really could. But they decided, nope. Is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have no doubts that Kalisto-Neville matches can be really great. But we'll see. I mean, hey, it's good he's in this division. It's just not good that this is how he's in the division. Right. We close the show with Roman Reigns sitting backstage and Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, each approach, all facing the same direction, kind of look at each other. It's completely unnatural, but it was a good silent setup and preface to what they're going to do. Next week, Cesaro and Sheamus that are on Miz TV. That's in Indianapolis. So it's quite possible that the debut, breakup, and reformation of the Shield all happen in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, kind of beautiful. This segment was really funny because it was just a close-up of Reigns sitting in the locker room wincing <laughs> uh, for what twenty-five seconds before Dean showed up. It was just silence of of just Roman Reigns working out the shoulder a little bit, and ooh, I think I might have bruised a rib but not saying anything. And then Dean showed up and then Dean was there for a while, just not saying anything. And then Seth showed up and then Dean left and everyone booed. He'll boo like, Oh no, they didn't. They're supposed to do the thing where they all do the thing with the fists and they didn't do it. It's now I'm upset. Yeah. They're waiting for it. That's called a tease folks. They're waiting for that for next week. I think everybody they... knows that Alex. Well, the people in Denver didn't, they were very upset. That thing didn't, they happen. were a good crowd. They were. Yeah, you know, a good crowd. They were a fantastic crowd. They were great. We got a live post SmackDown show tomorrow night. Live post uh, WWE Hell in a Cell show on uh, Sunday. The Listen Your Boy coming at you on Wednesday. Also, the uh, flagship Holy Smokes MMA podcast Tuesday. We're working on something on Thursday as well. Post UFC 216 show on Saturday. Alex, did you get to see the Sheamus-Brock Lesnar match by chance? I saw a clip of it. I had coverage of it up and a match rating, and it was duty. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised. It was bad. Like, I finally turned the corner on just, like, disliking Brock Lesnar singles matches. Like, it's happened too often. For me to to just completely ignore like 
he just didn't want to bump the first. Like, the match was only like four and a half minutes, and for the first two, he didn't want to bump like at all, right? Like off a clothesline or off of a brogue kick. Mm-hmm. Finally, Sheamus kind of like hossed him up and made him bump off of the <laughs> off of the what the hell's the over the shoulder pile driver thing? White noise. Yeah. And then he started a little bit. Brock's like, oh, wait, I'm a big son of a bitch. I can take this. But, I mean, you got a show in Minneapolis, and you're not putting Brock on it. That's weird to me. TLC, no Brock Lesnar. Well, that's the, that's the thing is that I, I, I'm, I guess I'd be okay with it if they referenced him. Like, when he's not on your upcoming pay-per-view, he doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, like Braun lost to him, and so who's his next title contender? The entire, like, if you know he's the next time he's going to be on a pay-per-view and he's going to have a match, the whole time should be a series of matches that crown the next contender. Like, it should be who's going to face Brock next. Hey, we got to keep that Finn Balor-Bray Wyatt feud going. (laughs) No, we don't, though. We don't is the thing. Um, I'm reminded of uh, what I thought was a very good uh, house show match between Brock and Rusev last year or the year before, where Rusev just just went to town on him with all kinds of crazy, those crazy giant kicks of his, got him down, had him in position for the accolade, and <laughs> Brock just went, whoop, right, right between his legs. German, 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 F5. Good night, folks. And it was just like he, 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 he took all, there was no back and forth. It was just... Rusev, get all of your shit in, then I'm going to get in all of mine, and I'm going to go home. And when I say all of my shit, I mean two different moves. One spammed seven times, and then the, the last one. Um, but for the first half, with Rusev doing some fun stuff, that was great. But I loved the, the, the counter of the, from the accolade directly into a German suplex. I, I, I don't know what the, what the draw is of, of Brock's, Brock Lesnar having four-minute matches that aren't really fun on house shows. Like if that's, why are you expending his dates that way? You know? Well, that's just a part of the deal. It's not like they can use all of his dates on pay-per-view matches and stuff like that. Right. I'm sure they can negotiate something a little more fruitful like that, but that was just part of the deal. And uh, they do it to increase live event revenue and uh, ticket sales, all that good stuff. So that was raw. It was not a fun time for me. It wasn't great by any means at all. Somebody somebody asked if TLC is the final Raw on pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, it is. It's the final Raw-only pay-per-view, and no, they didn't add one in December. It's yeah. that, then Survivor Series, then Royal Rumble. So I would expect a big, big, big Raw in December. Yeah. So help me God, I hope it's not the Christmas night one. But oh, please don't do that for people. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Also, guys, unfortunate news. Uh, it has been confirmed Tom Petty passed away. Uh, rest, rest in peace. Sad news. Guys, I want to encourage you all to come check out Fightful.com. If you haven't already, leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. All that stuff helps. And visit Fightful.com. Share our stories, Reddit, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. We got a lot of engagement from all those last week. And I want to thank you all so much. It means so much every time each one of you uh, comment on our stories, you share our stories, you let people know about us. We're still a very, very young website. Uh, pro wrestling news is very much a habitual thing, and we want to make uh, Fightful your habit. We give you really aspects of pro wrestling news that nobody else can give you. We give you tons of exclusives. We cover the more uh, light and ridiculous side of things as well. Alex does a great job at that, and there is plenty. There are plenty of stories that go uncovered on a ton of other websites that Alex is like, yeah, let me get 500 words out of this because it's dumb. And it turns into a fantastic story. And uh, we've had a lot of those picked up. Those are some of our more popular uh, things on Reddit and on Twitter. Kelly Kelly getting permission to get married from beyond the grave by test. Alex, probably my favorite thing you've ever done. 
Oh, thank you. I, it, it's it's nice to hear, but also kind of upsetting that I haven't done anything better than that in the year it's, plus that I've been working. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying it's my favorite. I'm not saying it's. <laughs> I mean, come on now. You know, a lot of great stuff. It, it was. It was. It was pretty great. Uh, I won't. I won't lie. Um, it, it was terrible, but it was. It was pretty great. Um, hey, there's a new season of Wags. So Ooh. she might do something else crazy. Ooh. Ooh. I'm ready. I am ready. Guys, thank you so much. Again, tune in tomorrow. We have podcasts uh, in the afternoon, the Holy Smokes MMA podcast at night, the SmackDown post show. Head over to Fightful.com. I want to thank you guys so much. Goodbye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.